0: for anyone who doubts us doubts this program i don't know what you're smoking or what you're drinking we're not a program to reckon with for some reason we lost respect after one month last year we had one bad month go back to the drawing board one month people jumped off people jumped off the train everybody jumped off the train i don't think you show a lot of baseball smarts if you jump off our train
1: They walk them off, the Cards win, and they see new life here in Omaha. You're listening to the 3rd and Central Podcast, powered by the state of Louisville.
0: Welcome to the 3rd and Central Podcast, the only podcast dedicated solely to the University of Louisville baseball program. This is your host, Matt Sefkovic, joined by Aaron Turner. Aaron, last time we talked, we were planning on the Super Regionals down in College Station. And even though that didn't go Louisville's way and Louisville's not making another trip to Omaha, we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. Before we jump into that, how's everything going?
1: can't complain. Matt, how are you doing?
0: Doing well. You know, there's a lot of good college baseball that's been on the past couple weekends. You know, college baseball has been front and center. It's been all over ESPN. And the product that they put out has not disappointed one bit you know, game that just continues to grow year over year. Every time they get the the shine in the national spotlight, it seems like this sport just keeps on giving and giving. So just glad to continue watching college baseball. I think we've got a very well-balanced field of eight in Omaha. So, you know, just ready to watch baseball over the next couple of
1: weeks, but sad that Louisville's not there. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think that it's wide open in Omaha this year. There are a lot of teams that are hot right now. Anybody can go in and, and take it. So it's going to be a fun last couple of weeks of college baseball. Yeah, I think there's a,
0: it's a very well-balanced field they've gotten. I don't think there's one clear-cut favorite, which makes it even more exciting. So. But anyways, like we said, Louisville season didn't quite end the way they wanted it to and it ended with a record of 42-21-1. and that pesky tie with Wake Forest that just bothers me every time I say it. (laughs) I finished 18-11-1 in ACC play, which I think if you look back at the beginning of the season, you know, this team didn't get any love preseason. They weren't ranked in any of the major six polls in the top 25. They were picked to finish fourth in the Atlantic division of the ACC. That's not overall. That's just in their division. And they had a lot of adversity this year. And, you know, pitching staff at times couldn't throw strikes, couldn't get anybody out. And then they suffered from lack of timely hitting. So, I think to finish where they did, you know, they they played to their seed. They earned the 12th seed overall in the NCAA tournament. Got beat on the road against a tough SEC team, the fifth team overall in the country. You know, there's not really a lot to, you know, you know hang your head about. this. This team really – overcame a lot this year
1: and kind of proud of how they finished the season. Uh, You took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say nothing to hang your head about. I mean, we went into a very hostile environment, probably the toughest environment to play in all of college baseball. And we, I don't think we were at our best this past weekend. And we still gave the Aggies a heck of a fight. And like you said, nothing to hang your head about. Uh, There's a lot that we can build on for this and move forward in the next year. Man, that's a tough place to play. You know, you, you
0: hear about it, but until you really watch, you know, a full 18 innings of their fans and how they interact in the, <laughs> the bubbles and everything else that they yeah. do, you know, it, it's just it, it's a lot of fun. You see clips throughout the year, but until you actually watch it and and the ball five count. If you don't, know I'm talking about, if, if a opposing pitcher throws four balls in a row, the whole stadium, all 7,000 of them, start chanting ball five, ball five, you throw another and ball six. It's just, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when they're doing it as a pitcher on the mound, it's super, super intimidating. And we saw it happen to Poland on Friday night, and you could tell it routed him a little bit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, like you said, that environment is crazy, and, you don't really get to appreciate it until you see it live, and you know it, it's really awesome. Honestly, that's great for college baseball. That's what college baseball needs, and I think it was really great that we had the opportunity to go down there and play in that environment. Uh, it gives these young guys who are returning a lot of you know good things to build on uh, for the future.
0: I think that's really important too. Is you've got guys that have now played in an environment like that. Because even if you go to Texas A&M or an Ole Miss or something like that during the regular season, you don't see the fans that passionate because it's a regular season game. Now, they're, they're there and they're in masses and they're making a lot of noise and they're intimidating, but it, it's not postseason baseball. And so the fact that they got to do this on the road against a quality opponent in such an intimidating environment I think is going to be huge down the road. In the next couple of years if, if they get presented with an opportunity like this again.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I'm excited. I I know that we open up next year down in Texas at, uh, at in Houston in the early season tournament down there, and I know that A&M is in that as well, so I would love another crack at Texas A&M. Yeah, that, that tournament
0: is going to be a boatload of fun, but kind of take us through Friday night. You know, what happened? What what Louisville maybe could have done better while they lost and take us through
1: that game. And it, it kind of felt like, you know, nothing was really going our way for a little bit there. Um, Poland came out and I kind of get the sense that Poland down the stretch has kind of just tired out a little bit. You know, he's had a huge workload all season long, so that's totally understandable. And, you know, between the Texas heat, the fans, and he ended up throwing over 100 pitches, and I don't think there was one pitch that was stress-free on Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were a total of 10 guys walked and hit uh, by Louisville pitchers. a uh, and had runners – or, sorry, had bases loaded five of the nine innings that we played, and I believe they left 17 runners on base. And so <laughs> – for Louisville to come out of that, only losing five, four uh, coming off of a walk off single in the ninth inning, you know it's it was a little disappointing uh, you, you can point out a lot of things that went wrong from the pitching staff there, but you know on the flip side of that, you go into Saturday thinking, we really put them on base all all those times, gave them plenty of opportunities, and we still only lost by one. And we were definitely still in it going into Saturday as well. Yeah, and I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with Poland.
0: You know, the guy, only, he threw 4.2 innings, 109 pitches, but that was one of the more gritty outings that I've seen out of him, really out of any pitcher this year. I mean, he fought and fought and fought. He didn't have his best stuff. He didn't throw a ton of strikes, but he did everything in his power to keep Louisville in the game which he did, and I think that's all you can ask for. And you talked about the heat down there. You know, in the second inning, he'd been out there quite a bit because he loaded the bases in the first day and the second, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he was just dripping with sweat in the second inning. So it, it didn't take long for that heat to affect him. But, you know, like you said, forcing Texas A&M to leave 17 runners on base, obviously the pitching staff was doing something right. So, I think you've got to, you know, tip the hat to Louisville and their performance on Friday night. And then on Saturday, you know, like you said, Louisville bounces back after they fall by one first, you know, Louisville they're the home team in the second game as the away team in the first. So they come out and rushing hits a bomb in the bottom of the first inning to give Louisville a two oh lead. You think you know, we got some momentum here. You've got Riley Phillips on the mound, who's been pretty good his last couple starts. Uh, rushing hit a ball that still may not have landed down there in Texas yet. That ball was just absolutely crushed. So, I think we had a lot of momentum. And then Texas A&M, they just, they just kept clawing back and tied it up in the third. Then Louisville got the lead back in the fifth. And from there, Louisville really just – suffered from not being able to get that one timely hit that they needed. I think they out hit Texas A&M 13 to five and still lost the game four to three. And it was a heartbreaker, but there was plenty of opportunities there. And when you're thinking you're, you know, right there against the number five team on the road in their place in front of 7,000 fans, again, nothing to hang your head about.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, that we really weren't able to get that one timely hit. And, you know, I think if you want to be nitpicky about these two games, about, you know, something that could have gone a lot better is the hitting with two outs and runners in scoring position. Mm -hmm. believe it, we went one for 14 uh, between the two games with two outs and runners in scoring position, with that one hit being Jack Payton's RBI single that gave us the third and final run in the game on Saturday. You know, it's kind of hard to... To win games with numbers like that. And for us to still only lose by one is quite impressive. And I think at the end of the day, AM was just the better team. And that's baseball. That happens.
0: And you know, I think if you if you would have told me on Friday before the series started, if you would have said, Hey, the series is going to end in two games and Texas AM is going to score nine runs. That's it. Two games, Texas AM scores nine runs. I would tell you that Louisville's making Accommodations for Omaha. How are we going to get there and where we're we going to stay? Because yeah, L- I 100 percent agree. If you if you look at AM's bullpen and their starting rotation, and the, it wasn't nothing really that impressive. So I think if you tell me that A going to score nine, I one hundred percent tell would guarantee you that Louisville would out hit and outscore them in those two games. But it's baseball, and baseball can be a cruel sport and here we are, and there they go. So, um, it's a it was a fun weekend. A lot of missed opportunities, but again, good season for Louisville, and happy to be a Cardinal fan.
1: Yeah, for sure. couldn't Couldn't agree more. And hats off to Texas A&M and Coach Schloss Nagel. That is a gritty team that they've got down there. So, best of luck to them in Omaha. I agree, hundred percent.
0: I, I think Schloss is a good guy, and I I hope they have a lot of success out there. So, I, I think if if we Now that the season's over, I think if you wrap this season up and put a bow on it, I think the biggest thing, the biggest takeaways for me is pitching struggled this year and how good the offense was until the last two games. You know, this, this team, they, they went to their ninth Super Regional, second most in the country since Coach McDonald's been here in 2007, only behind Florida State. They played to their seed just got beat by a really good team on the road. I think this is just another another good season for the Louisville baseball program. A lot to build on, a lot to be encouraged about, a lot of young guys, and
1: I'm just yeah. happy about the future. If you told me at the beginning of the season that this is what was going to happen, I would have taken that all day. You know, as a Louisville fan, on one hand, you know, any time that you fall short of Omaha, you might think it's a disappointment. But on the other hand, after last season and being picked to finish fourth in the Atlantic this year, there were a lot of people that counted us out. And, in fact, I would go so far as to say that nobody thought that we would do what we did except for the people who are in Louisville. And so there is absolutely nothing to hang your head about this season. And it's been said a lot, but this team has reset the standard for what Louisville baseball is. It's going to be an exciting time moving forward. Yeah, and I think that's, that was a good quote
0: the other day, resetting the standard. I think, I think that's exactly what this program needed. But also, I like these quotes from Dan the other day. He said, we were that close, that close to coming in here and winning the last two games. For anyone who doubts us, doubts this program, I don't know what you're smoking or what you're drinking. We're not a program to reckon with. For some reason, we lost respect. After one month last year, we had one bad month. Go back to the drawing board. One month, people jumped off, people jumped off the train, everybody jumped off the train. I don't think you show a lot of baseball smarts if you jump off our train. And I think that Dan McDonald doesn't really show a whole lot of, I guess, passion or, you know, come out to the fan base like that. That, That's not his thing, but I think that just shows – the fire that he has I think more than ever right now he wants to prove that he can win at Louisville and he can win a national championship based on those comments and he's frustrated because he knows where his program is and he wants to get back on the track and he wants the fans to get back on train with them
1: yeah for sure and when I saw those quotes I was like man fire me up coach McDonald like <laughs> I, I was ready to run through a brick wall for him I, I <laughs> love love coach Mac and I think he hit the nail on the head. There were a a lot of people that jumped ship uh, when they shouldn't have. This is Louisville baseball. This is nothing to worry about. And even after that opening weekend in Florida, there were a lot of people who were saying, you know, this isn't our year. This, you know, this isn't the Louisville baseball that we know. Well, you know, throw the opening weekend out, you know, that, that happens. You know, it doesn't matter now that we won 43 games or sorry, 42 games. You know, so never, never doubt Coach Mack because he's going to prove you wrong every time. Well, that not to mention, you lost to the beginning of the
0: year, like you mentioned to um, the UConn team that just made it to a super regional against Stanford. You lost to South Florida, which I think they made, they were in a super regional a year ago before they got beat by Texas. So, you know, they're two quality teams. So it happens. It's college baseball, you, you don't win them all. But good thing is, I think there is a lot to be excited about going forward. We've got the number three recruiting class coming in. Obviously, some of those guys are going to sign out of college or out of high school when they get drafted here in a couple weeks. We'll talk more about that later down the road. There's no reason to start speculating on that until the draft happens. Transfer portal, I think, is going to be big. We've lost Curtis Reed, Drake Westcott, and uh, Seamus Barrett to the. Transfer portal. Don't know where they're going yet, but, um, you know, just best wishes to them in their future endeavors. You know, coming back though, Louisville has Jack Payton behind the plate, Napchick at short, Logan Beard at second, and Isaac Humphrey in right field. Those are the four that we know for sure will be back. Then on the mound, you've got Ryan Hawks, you've got Riley Phillips. You've got a lot of young arms that got a lot of experience this year because the bullpen wasn't its best all the time. So, a lot of innings for younger guys that will be back. And I think there is a lot of momentum heading into the
1: season next year. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to look too far ahead. There's still a lot that has to happen between now and then. But that is a very good core group that is coming back that already has me very excited for what the team can accomplish next year.
0: And before we get to next year, not going to dive a whole lot into this, but summer ball, Louisville's got a lot of guys that – are heading up to Cape Cod. Last number I saw was 15. Tracking down summer ball rosters and assignments and all that, it's it's not for the faint of heart. It's, it's a challenging task. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times the rosters online that they post are incorrect. So, anyways, there's a lot of talent. If you get invited to Cape Cod, you're doing something right. Cape Cod is the premier summer ball league up in the northeastern part of the United States. They get the best of the best across the country. So Louisville sending, you know, 10, 12, 15 guys up there. That says a lot
1: about their program and the future guys that they have. Yeah, for sure. Having 15 guys from your program heading up to the Cape is almost unheard of. And I think that speaks volumes about the kind of player that, that we have at Louisville. You know, I think my jaw dropped when I saw that list of guys who were going to the Cape. And that was really cool to see. Yeah, that's that's pretty unheard of to send that many guys up to the Cape.
0: But, anyways, moving on from that, and there's some other excitement at another program here in the yeah, sense of Louisville uh, today. Uh, talk to us about that a little bit. I, I, not that I'm surprised, but I didn't. That's not who I would have bet would have taken the job over at Bellarmine.
1: Yeah. Uh, so at Bellarmine University, Chris Dominguez is the new head coach for the Knights. Uh, former Louisville Cardinal. The he was on the uh, first college world series team back in 07 and he holds the single season home run record at Louisville with 25 which thought rushing might have had a shot at this year but not quite so big congratulations to Chris Dominguez I think that was well deserved Uh, he spent this last season as an assistant there and so now he's jumping into the the role as head as head coach
0: I'm just saying I'm just throw this out there I love Dominguez I think he was a lot of fun to watch and you know went on to play pro ball a little bit San Francisco for the Giants and I think for the Reds, I think he was a couple other places. But it's a perfect time to start grooming somebody for the next head coaching position at Louisville, don't you think? Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) You know, I'd like to see Dominguez, you know, have some success, maybe move up to a bigger program, and then
1: you never know what may happen, you know, down the road. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. You know, Chris Dominguez is a Louisville legend. I wouldn't mind him coming back. Granted, I was only maybe six or seven years old when he played at Louisville. But, but yeah, I wouldn't mind him at all coming back. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about the draft combine coming up. and oh, I know yeah, we've got a couple he,
0: guys that are participating, in it kind of walked through that for us.
1: Yeah, if you know me at all, you know, the Major League draft is it was like Christmas for me, Christmas <laughs> in July. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, so new for – well, this is the second year of the draft combine – uh, it's getting a lot of a lot of press this year, though, uh, you know, it was really successful last year. Uh, guys like Henry Davis and Alex Benellis were able to go and show off what they got. And it really helped out uh, Benellis. He had a huge showing and it helped raise his draft stock. Uh, so this year we are sending Dalton Rushing and Michael Prosecchi out to San Diego for the MLB draft combine. And right now, Dalton rushing is a name that not only is very intriguing to me, but a lot of people in the industry who follow the draft uh, coming into this season. A lot of people saw him. Maybe he's a third to fourth round guy, and he had such a great season. And a lot of people see him sticking behind the plate now. You might see him sneak up into the first round.
0: Yeah, I think rushing has a, a bright future ahead of him. He's a he's a gritty player, got a ton of power anytime you can get a left-handed hitting catcher too, that, that, you know, having that extra left-handed bat in your lineup, those aren't, you don't come across those every day. So having rushing in the lineup and I, you know, I was looking at a picture of Dalton from last year to this year. I didn't realize how much weight he's lost and just how much better he looks physically behind the plate. So you can tell he's putting a lot of, time and effort emphasis on, you know, kind of working on his body to take the next step into professional baseball. So good to see that it is paying off for Dalton as he was invited out to the combine.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to overstep Michael Prosecchi either, because he's also going out to the combine. That's an arm that, well, anybody, any team could use a guy like Prosecchi. I think that he's pretty raw, but when you get a guy who's a left-handed pitcher who throw, who's got the movement that he does and throws as hard as he does, I think that he's a valuable asset to any major league organization who picks him up and with the right uh, right coaches and right training at the next level. I think that he could very well be a major league closer. And not to mention Roger
0: Williams turns out like 10 draft picks out of his bullpen every year, it seems like, and they, they seem to do well. So I think any professional organization – just kind of drools over little pitchers as they come out now. So good luck to both of them in the draft combine coming up. So now that the season's over, Aaron and I kind of talked, and we wanted to give out some postseason awards. I'm going to preface this by saying that I did let Aaron cheat a little bit. All right. <laughs> I gave him the first pick in every single category, right? and one of them, we just – there was one – that we both picked and I couldn't give it up. So one category, we both picked the same thing. And the other couple, four or five, we picked somebody different. So, Aaron, I'm going to let you go ahead and start. The first award is our Offensive
1: Player of the Year. I got to go with Dalton Rushing. You know, the season that Rushing had was unbelievable. First player in, uh, in Louisville baseball since Drew Ellis to have over 20 home runs in the season. Hit over three hundred, you know RBI machine and a staple in the the middle of the lineup, you know for a lineup that was was young coming into the season. It was it was nice to have Dalton rushing in there. Who while he hasn't had many at bats coming into this year, uh, I think we knew what we were going to get from Dalton, and it was really nice to see him put together a season like this. Yeah, Dalton.
0: Dalton had a heck of a season, and without him defensively and you know his bat at the plate like you said the the home runs and it, the thing about Dalton is anytime he came up to bat the shift that they put on put on him was absolutely ridiculous so to still hit 310 23 home runs, 62 RBIs it's a uh, pretty impressive the way he was approached at the plate this season
1: yeah for so, sure
0: and who'd you have as your pick Matt so, so since you took Dalton away from me uh I, I went with Napchik. I think Napchik had just a hell of a year at the plate. Ended up batting 346, had 101 total bases. And you have to remember that he missed a good chunk of the season with that ankle injury. He missed about a month's play. So I think that was big and that his numbers would have looked even better. Most important thing to me with Christian this year was just the way that he handles the bat. You know, I, I think I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago. I think he knows his strike zone as well as anybody in college baseball. He just understands where his strike zone is. He understands situations. You know, if, he, if he's got to hit the ball to the left side, right side, whatever he's got to do, he can do it. He can bunt. I think he stole 17 bases this year. But I think the biggest thing for me with him is he only struck out 27 times, and he had 217 at-bats. And if you compare that to his 56 walks and HPP that he drew – so 56 compared to 27 strikeouts at the top of the lineup as your leadoff guy. You can't ask for anything more.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that what Napchik does is kind of a lost art in baseball. You don't really see too many guys like him anymore. So it is really refreshing to have him at the top of the lineup producing like he does. And next year, I, I don't want to put too high standards on him, but I would uh, think that he's going to put up even better numbers in his junior season.
0: Yeah, I think N- Napchik's a guy that I think his goal next year, team goal or individual goal, obviously team goals will win a national championship at Louisville, but I, I think individual goal is I I, I think I see Napchik on the right field wall after next season. I, I, I really think that's the standard that he has set, and I, I don't see anything stopping him from getting there. All right, so that's our Offensive Player of the Year. Let's jump into the next category, and that is Pitcher of the Year. So, Aaron, who you got
1: for Pitcher of the Year this year for Louisville? This one felt like a slam dunk to me. Got to go with Jared Poland. You know, we mentioned it earlier in the show, but Jared Poland is one gritty dude. He didn't start out as the ace of this team. He was a Saturday uh, starter for us coming into the season, but he quickly stepped into the Friday night role and you knew what you were getting out of him pretty much every time that he went out there, you knew you could rely on him for at least seven innings and he might give up one or two runs. And, you know, with Louisville's offense, that's nothing. So, that's off to Jared Poland for really coming into his own this season. And, you know, just gritty performance after gritty performance. It was really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, and I went with this one. Obviously, I think Poland was the was the popular pick, but I took Riley Phillips. And the reason I took Riley is I think he really he just kept getting better as the season went on. You know he didn't start in the rotation this year; that wasn't his role. But he he earned that. A couple other guys, you know, slid, but he he stepped up. And when the opportunity presented itself, you know, Riley was was the guy. You know, he had a heck of an outing um, against Texas A and M this week against Michigan uh, in the regional. He threw five innings and struck out eleven guys, and that was in the winner go home game in the morning before Louisville won in the. Uh, the final. So I just think the way Riley finished the season, uh, as gritty as he is on the mound, high strikeout guy, just got better as the season went on. And he's one guy that I am super, super excited about next
1: season. I definitely agree with that. And one more here, I would like to throw out an honorable mention. I would like to say Tate Keener for an honorable mention started as a Friday night guy coming into this year and struggled a little bit, but moved into the bullpen and did a little bit of everything and, he got, like you said about Phillips, Keener got better as the season went on. And, you know, down the stretch, he looked untouchable at times. Yeah, I think that's
0: that's good to mention Keener there because he just did so much for this team this year. It seemed like anytime the, you know, pitching got in a bind or couldn't get an out or walked too many guys, uh, there's Tate Keener, you know, next game, same thing. There's Tate Keener coming and throwing an inning or two or three. So, I, I think – he was just invaluable to these, this team this year. And I was really impressed with the way he finished after, because because when you're, when you're named a weekend starter, you know, when you're the guy going into the season and that is taken away from you, it's kind of hard to rebound, but he took advantage of every opportunity he was given and gave this team everything he had. So that was good to see down the stretch. So our next category is newcomer of the year. Aaron, what do you, what do you got
1: for that? I've got my guy, Logan Beard. I'm a big fan of Logan Beard and what he did for us this season you know, at the plate. You know, a guy who redshirted last year, it, it's hard to do more than what Logan Beard did at the plate this year. You know, hit, I believe, what three. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, hit 330 something. You know, he came up with a lot of big hits when we really needed it, including in the Super Regional, had a two run single there. And next year, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Logan Beard is our third baseman. I don't see him sticking at second base. I think the one knock against Beard is that he might be a little too slow for second base. And I know that there were talks about him, you know, playing third base in the in this previous fall. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him move. But, you know, that's that's just little things. You know, I am a big fan of Beard. And I guess everybody else is, too, because he was an all-ACC freshman selection. So, Uh, It was really nice to see Logan Beard come up this season and and fill a big role. Yeah, I
0: got to agree. Beard had a heck of a season, excited about wherever he plays, could see him playing second or third next year. But either way, there's a spot for him in the lineup after the season he had this year. So excited to see the future of Beard as well. I'm going to go with another Kentucky guy, and this is his first season that he's had a crack at it. And that's Isaac Humphrey from Owensboro, or I'm sorry, yes, he went to Owensboro High School. You know, his first season playing college baseball, the ACC level, you know, all Humphrey did was hit 328, you know, five home runs, 38 RBIs. I think the biggest thing with Humphrey is just his strikeouts were a little high this year, struck out 50 times. But that that's going to come with practice and, you know, just more repetition and you know, he's a young guy. This is the first time you're playing against this quality opponent in the ACC and SEC, wherever they're playing. So, just heck of a season for Humphrey. You know, kind of middle, bottom part of the lineup. You could always guarantee he was going put to the, put the ball in play for the most part and move runners over, you know, steal a couple bases here or there. I think hats off to Isaac this year and excited about his future in the outfield as well
1: yeah for sure i mean isaac when you the defense too he's got a lot of range Uh and the outfield assists he had quite a few of as well but i think my favorite moment of his this year was the three run home run late on that sunday game against notre dame Mm -hmm. that i was i was so pumped up for for isaac when when he hit that that was that was an awesome moment one of my top moments of the year yeah i think uh isaac had a lot of bright moments you know he made it I, like you said
0: a lot of range in the outfield he's quick covers a lot of ground but he he did make a couple plays out in the outfield that probably wished he could have had back i think one was against north carolina when he dropped a ball up against the wall to force extra innings but that that stuff happens you grow from that you move on and you win matt's newcomer of the
1: year so what more could you ask for right I will also say that that game that he dropped that ball, he did come back and walk it off in extra saying, innings. He did. He yes, redeemed he did. himself pretty quickly. He did
0: come back in extras. So uh, kudos to Isaac for that. All right. So your most improved or bounce back player of the year, and I think we had really two really really strong candidates for this because two guys that just just struggled last year and the season they had this year just couldn't have been happier for them as they turned it around. So Aaron, who do you have for that? I got Levi Usher.
1: Last year he hit 216 after you know a very high expectations after 2020 and he kind of just fell flat. And Dan even said that he felt that he managed him wrong last year. And this year you were going to get something different out of Levi. And we certainly did. I think Usher showed that he was a true five tool player this year and he only got better as the season went on uh you know he really struggled early hitting 111 through the first couple weeks of the season and you know you turn around and next thing you know he's hitting over 300 you're like whoa when did this happen uh but and he you know kudos to him he was able to keep that going for the entire season once he got hot and i think it really showed i think that it showed in his defense too, that he got a lot more confident, made just some unbelievable plays in the outfield that shouldn't even be possible, but he did. And, you know, every time you look out there, you, and there's a ball hit out to center field, you know, you think that Levi Usher is going to come up with it, no matter how difficult of a play it is. So that's who I have as my uh, most improved player this year. Man, he's just a
0: human highlight reel out there in center field. And that ball that he—I thought he caught the ball against Texas A and in the home run. I really thought he did, and until he kind of bowed his head down, you know, kind of like, shoot, I didn't catch it. That's, that's Before that, I really thought he had the ball. Uh, I thought he was bringing it back in play with him, but heck of an effort. Like you said, he's just – any ball that's hit out to center field, I'm like, eh, Levi's got it. So, offensively, and the way he changes the game on the base pass – was probably the biggest thing to me and what he brought to this team offensively, and that's something that Louisville's going to have to find a way to replace next year because Levi was just a
1: menace on the bases. Yeah, for sure. And you know, going back to that play at A and M, you know, I, I'm with you. I thought I really did think that he had that he had it, and you know, that might be a little unfair to assume that he would <laughs> he would go up and get that. But you know, that's just the kind of player that Levi was for us this year, and he kind of was set that expectation that nothing is falling in in center field.
0: And I've got to go with another strong candidate. I think like I said there was two guys up for this and I'm going with Cam Masterman. The season that he turned in this year after falling off in 2021, you know, you just had to feel bad for him is freshman year hit 286 and then you know sophomore year 330. And then last year, you know, it jumped all the way down to 240 and just seemed like he could not get anything going, struggled as the season went on. It just seems like the struggles just mounted for Cam. But man, this year he battled back and was just a dude. End up hitting 305. He improved his batting average by 65 points. Home runs went from six to 18, so tripled his home runs. RBIs from 21 to 61 so almost tripled his um, RBIs as well slugging percentage went from 432 to 597 it's just you can you can go on and on looking at his stat line from where Cam was a year ago again local product here from Prospect Kentucky just uh just down the road so you know, I'm going with the theme of sticking with the Kentucky guys because they they
1: seem to give back to this program quite a bit. So I'll give back to them a little bit. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked a lot about defense here while we've been giving out these awards. You know, Masterman is no slouch out there on left field either. You know, you wouldn't think that, you know, that's a that's a good, you know, defender out there on left field just looking at him kind of a bigger guy, but he could go and get the ball too. So don't sweep on Cam Masterman out in left field. And this is a perfect segue into the play of the
0: year, which both of us picked the same play. And I I, I thought and thought, and I was like, you know, Aaron picked this one. I was like, I'm going to pick a different play. I'm going to find something else. And I was like, you know what? That was such a big play, not only for this season. It was for this season to continue and to move forward to the Super Regionals. But I think it was a big moment just in Louisville baseball history, really. So, Aaron, kind of walk us Walk us through that. What am I talking about?
1: We got the Cam Masterman home run over Michigan in the regional uh, championship. And like you said, that was a slam dunk pick uh, for play of the year. Cam Masterman's home run, you know, kind of at a loss for words, really. Like you said, it's an all-time moment in Louisville baseball history. And I I think you're spot on. I can't think of anything else. Oh, maybe a couple of things that could come close to it, but. Just that moment, and everything about that moment was just just perfect.
0: You know, I thought, and I was like, you know, some of the Levi Usher plays—they're they're just as impressive because you know, scaling the wall and reaching up, catching a—you know—robbing a ball, bringing it back in the park, or like you said, Isaac Humphrey home run to give Louisville the sweep over Notre Dame. So there there was other plays, obviously, this season, but that is the biggest one that sticks out. And again, him being a local kid and the importance that that one individual swing had on the season, I think is what pushes it over the edge for me. So kudos to the guys that won the prestigious third and central season awards. We don't give these out to just anybody. All right. You know, you, you have to, you have to earn these. So Aaron, that was a lot of fun coming up with this. So, we will definitely have to continue this next year. Oh, for sure. For for sure. So just a couple things before we wrap up our postseason podcast. Just before the Super Regionals was announced, they announced down at Floyd Street an upgrade to Jim Patterson Stadium. This is part of the overall upgrade that they're doing with the left field facility and all that. But this will – enhance the curb appeal of Jim Patterson Stadium from, you guessed it, third and central. So when you're approaching the ballpark now, there's just going to be these huge arches and these big columns that are brick and stone. It's Physically, it's just going to look a lot more impressive. It's going to look like a much bigger ballpark. It's going to have a better feel. And then they are extending the third base concourse, which will give more room as people are kind of moving about the concession stands and getting up, going to the restroom and all that good stuff. So just more space and a better feel. And again, we got to thank our, our guy, Jim Patterson because the money was secured through private donations. And most of that came, came from Jim Patterson himself.
1: I am really excited for these additions. It was a long time coming for this program that, that this was going to happen. And, you know, this is this is how we keep up with with everybody else, all the big boys in the SEC. Making changes like this, this is what propels the program to the next level. I think that and just showing the commitment to the coaches,
0: to the players, to the fans that, hey, Louisville baseball is serious. Louisville baseball has won a lot of games. And Louisville baseball is going to continue to win a lot of games because we are going to – invest in the student athletes because they have given us a product on the field to be excited about. So I think that's the biggest thing to me, just showing that, you know, Josh Hurd shortly into his, I guess, job as athletic director, just showing that he is willing to give back to the baseball program. I think that is big in general. So kind of what to expect from us, the season's over, but we are not going away. We've got a lot to talk about. We are going to have quite a few guests on that we have lined up, former players, some recruiting, um, guys from around the state, from around the country. They're going to come on, directors of recruiting from PBR. We've got them scheduled to come on. So we've got a lot of content to bring you. Aaron is the best in the business when it comes to updating us on Cards and the Pros. So we're just excited this summer to – really take this thing to the next level and bring you all the best content as far as recruiting, maybe a little bit of summer ball, cards in the pros. Just just continue giving you all what you want to hear about Louisville baseball as it continues to grow. So, Aaron, what do you – I mean, like I said, you're, you're kind of the guru about cards in the pros. T- kind of tell us what you're most excited about the podcast going forward that fans can look forward to.
1: I am um... – insanely excited about the the lineup of guests that we have coming up there's going to be a lot of big names that that a lot of of people are going to be excited to hear from and i'm excited to get to talk to to these guys too and man i'm just insanely excited about where this podcast is going the direction that we're taking it and i'm glad that you know at louisville we're fortunate enough to have enough content that we can keep this going through the summer and into the fall and winter as well because this is something I don't want to stop.
0: That's 100%. We, you know, I get a lot of questions. I know Aaron does too. We kind of share them. And if he gets something, he'll tell me. If I get something, I'll tell him just to know what we are hearing out there. So love the questions. Love the comments. If y'all want to hear from certain people, you know, let us know. We'll see. We'll do our best to try to get them on. So anyways, before we wrap this up, Aaron, tell us where we can find you.
1: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ajturn 22 or on the Louisville Baseball Alumni Report. And I am also writing on the State of Louisville website.
0: Yeah, go check Aaron out.
1: I think he's got
0: a writing or two that just came out on State of Louisville who produces the podcast for us. So go check his stuff out. And you can find me at cardchronicle.com where you can find me on Twitter at Matt Sefkovic. And I hate to do it. This is the last episode of the season but as sean moth would say we will see you at the ballpark